everyone, this is Carlos Peña, and this is another episode of Placata Nation, and I'm joined by the one and only, mi primo querido, desde el Bronx. Woo! What's going on, my man? You know what it is. Welcome back, everyone, to the Placata Nation podcast, coming to you live and direct from the best field ever, my home. No, just lying. <laughs> that studio you got <laughs> going there, brother. I have a beautiful, I love my background, you know what I mean? I'm trying to be fancy and trying to bring it up. But you know what? I'm super excited uh, to be here. And, uh, you know, we're both excited to bring this episode because, you know, we're talking about postseason awards. You know, we got some awards handed out already. Rookie of the Years, we got it to, to Julio Rodriguez. Um, uh, we got the, um, uh, help me out here with the National League Award. Michael uh, Rookie Harris, of the Year, man. Michael Harris. Michael Harris, who edged out his teammate. Um, um, the, uh, the, the pitcher Spencer Strider. So that was exciting there. Manager of the year. We have, um, for the AL, we have Tito Francona for the NL. We got Buck Showalter, Cy Young. We got Justin Verlander for the American league. And then for the national league, we got our mans from DR, Sandy Alcantara, uh, exciting stuff, Carlos. Um, I know you interviewed, uh, uh, J-Rod there for a bit, a uh, real cool dude. I really enjoyed that little interview you gave him. I know how uh, excited people back home in DR are of this dude winning it as they are for Sandy Alcantara, um, winning his uh, respective award. But you know what? The award that I want to talk about is the award that everybody around baseball and here primarily in the Bronx, in New York, we're all excited about. It's my man's the MVP, the American League record home run hitting Aaron Judge MVP. Big ups. Yeah. Oh, man, you're pumped. Really I'm hype. I'm hype, bro. I'm hype. The guy deserves it. The year he had, the massive home runs he hit. But not even yeah. that, Carlos. It was the timely hitting. The guy when the team needed the run, the hit, the single, the double, the uh, the amazing catch in right field, the amazing yeah, yeah, catch yeah. in center field, the timely hits this guy did. He was the Yankees offense the entire year. When I think of MVP, it's it's judge. That's it, man. What are yeah, your thoughts on that? Oh, oh no, I one hundred percent agree. I mean, this is uh, uh, w- one of those things where we were talking about it a lot during the year at the network and everywhere because of the situation with Shohei Otani. Yeah. You know, Shohei does both things. Uh, you know, pitches at an elite level, but also hits like a champ as well. So it's it's very difficult. Um, you know, contender to go against. However, what Aaron Judge was able to do, you know, this is not just sentimental. We're not talking about like, oh, he broke the record. You know, that that's why it's given to him. You know, but Shohei Otani is still the MVP because of what he does. Hold up a second, because when we look at the yeah. war number, if you want to get really technical about it, let's just yeah. be objective about the situation. The war number is yeah. an approximation, yes. But it's taken into consideration all facets of what the player brings to a ball club. Right. As a matter of fact, swings above replacement. That's basically what it means. How many wins do you add to your ball club just by being present, by showing up and being yourself rather than a maybe average player? Let's put it that way. As simple as that. Guess what? We're looking at that and we look at the numbers. 10.6 war for Aaron Judge. That means he's a 10. Let's round it up. 11 win player. Um, yeah. for the Yankees, and Shohei Otani is a 10-win player. Is that a lot of a, a, a big difference? No, but if we want to get technical, he does edges Shohei Otani, and you have to know that those pitching numbers weigh a lot. So they, they yeah. weigh a lot, and uh, for Judge to be able to eclipse uh, Otani, 
by just being a hitter and a defensive a defensive ball player, uh, because defensive metrics do count in this war number, um, is still remarkable. Um, so yeah. very well deserved. Doesn't matter how you look at it. You can look at it objectively. You could look at it yeah. through several metrics. You could look at it subjectively, which is the easiest one. He was there when his team needed him needed him the most. He posted. Yeah. He came through. Right. And then made plays on the field, ran the bases. He was the complete package for the Yankees. So to me, this was easier than many Clear people cut. were making it out to be. I mean, to me, I, that, my vote was going to go to to uh, um, Aaron Judge regardless. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to say. All right. I want you to tell me about this because I'm, I'm trying to campaign for this. Let's have another right. award. Let's go ahead and have the most outstanding player award. Okay. I agree. Maybe a most outstanding player award. We figure out what those, uh, you know, numbers that are going to be considered are, and we're going to be extremely objective about that. And we get a most outstanding player award. You can I win agree. both. You could be most outstanding player award. Yeah. Objective numbers, everything. Then you have MVP where you can be a little bit more subjective. All right. And you could be the most outstanding player and also the MVP. But sometimes maybe you could have. Um, an MVP for you can split Judge, it. You can split. You can split most it. Most outstanding yeah. player for Shohei Otani. Well, Shohei plays for a. You know, I know this is a big one for you. Doesn't play for yeah. a winning ball club. Can you tell Does me not. about that? Because you were really adamant on this. Yeah, and not not to take anything away from Shohei. Shohei is an amazing talent. You know, all we hear and all we see is you know we haven't seen anything like this done since Babe freaking Ruth. Like that's amazing that we have a guy pitching at this high level and hitting at this high level. But, okay, he does two things, pitching and hitting. He does them very, very well, okay? But when you look at his team, his team is in the, his team is in the basement perennially yeah. every year. And this is yeah. a team that features Mike Trout. So my thing is, like, how can, how can I objectively be okay with giving a most valuable player award to a guy where if you take him off this team, they're still in last place? You take Aaron Judge off of the Yankees. Yankees won the AL East division. They would be in last place. They would. Because he yeah. is literally like 80% of that team's offense. He counts for that much. So I'm adamant about that. And again, not to take anything away from Shohei, but I just don't think he deserved the MVP this year. Not the way, not the way that uh that, that Aaron Judge was playing this year, not at the level that he was playing this year. And I know last year Shohei won it. And rightfully so. And he had a better year than he did last year this year. That's hundred percent that's hundred percent accurate. Regardless, though, what Aaron Judge did this year um, with his team, where he carried his team to victory after victory, you cannot ignore that. You just cannot. And I do agree with you that they should have another award, maybe a most, like you said, a most outstanding player or player of the year. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I could see how many people may how people may brush back on that because then it'd be like, oh, well, that's taking away value from the MVP. Uh, no, 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 no. But I, but but I don't think so. I mean, think about this, uh, Rod. Look, last year. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I've been clear with this. I thought the MVP was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I agreed Why? with that too. Because Toronto Blue Jays had a shot solely because of what he did on the field or big yeah. part. It had a lot to do with that incredible performance, right? Yeah. Now, that's MVP because I'm using subjectivity here. Most valuable player. What does that mean? Yeah. Okay. A player that actually added a lot of value uh, to a team that had value. But yes, maybe we're looking at the Angels. They did not have the value that they were expecting. 
Now, no. Shohei Otani was the most outstanding player. You see, so they don't walk. They don't walk out empty-handed. Okay, I see what it, you get. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to take it. So, so it's not a pat on the back. Like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year gets a pat on the back. Hey, mm-hmm. great year, but the MVP is Shohei Otani. I would love to see, and and that's not entirely true. He got other awards, Silver Slugger awards. You know, Hank Aaron yeah. award that's out there as well. But overall, I do believe that we need a most outstanding player award, and maybe we can really put a stat stats to them weighted stats doesn't have to be yeah. the war uh, yeah. winner you know it could we, we could come up with something different where we have more conventional stats mixed in with some yes. advanced stats and that's the most outstanding player uh, award right there now think about this further what does it mean for a player's career and ability to go out there and negotiate when they say Oof. yeah i have two most outstanding player awards you know uh and one mvp for example uh, it could be uh, Otani could be saying that instead of saying, yeah. or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could say, yeah, my I won a most outstanding player. Um, maybe I didn't win the MVP or vice versa. I, I yeah. think th- we're taking money out of these guys out of players. by not having yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that award. I think teams could use, well, players could use that players award to use advantage. It. And teams yeah. um, do not certainly want that, but I think it would be great for baseball. But Anyways, uh, you know, Aaron Judge, uh, uh, you know, MVP. I'm good with that. An, Absolutely. An, a, a, another thing to add to Aaron Judge's year is um, he didn't get a gold a gold glove award, but that's because he split time at center field and right field. I truly, truly believe if he stayed in right field, he would be a gold glove winner. That's how good of a year he had. He would have won a golden glove. He won the MVP. He won a silver slugger award. The guy... He brought it, man. He brought it. And this is such a big year for him because this is a contract year. You know, at the beginning of the season, the Yankees offered him a big uh, a big deal. I think it was the biggest deal they've ever offered. No, no, I don't think it was the biggest deal because I, I think they had paid A-Rod more. But it was one of the biggest deals they, they ever offered um, to a position player. And he turned it down. So he went into this season essentially betting on himself, betting yeah. that he can really, really do well. And, I mean... My man went into the casino and hit big. He hit yeah. big. And now, Carlos, we're at the point where, guess what? It's negotiation time. Um, Carlos, let me ask you, man. Uh, does Aaron Judge return to the Yankees? I think he does, Rod. And because uh, mm-hmm. the Yankees organization, yeah, be pumped up about that. <laughs> um, it remains to be seen if it materializes. Yeah. But this is the thing. The Yankees understand what Aaron Judge brings to the table. Not only as a player, but I don't even know if, if I should say most importantly, everything else. Like, I, yes. you know, from a business standpoint, to have Aaron Judge back in pinstripes is a huge move, business move for the Yankees. If he goes out there, you know, as you do these deals, you start thinking to yourself, you know, how is Aaron Judge going to perform? Do I expect him to hit 60 again? No. But what you try to do is you try to uh, kind of mitigate risk and say to yourself, would I be content if he goes out there and hits 35? Uh, is that a pretty good risk? Yeah, he, you know, at 35 home runs, you know, driving in 100 runs, getting on base at the, at the clip that he gets on base on, uh, playing the great defense that he plays. You know, we have a, a player that I'm willing to pay for, and then everything else that comes with Aaron Judge is good business for the Yankees. So that's yeah. um, number one. I also believe that he is the perfect Yankee. And I could say this thing. Look, there's been so many great players who went through Yankees. Yeah. Of course, you know that illustrious history of this franchise but there's two players that i can say that 
um, of, and maybe perhaps because I know them both, um, I, I've been around them both, and one of them is Derek Jeter, all right? Um, that's a perfect Yankee. But 100%, then, the man, yeah, that's the captain. You know it. I mean, if yeah. we look at perfect careers, yes. you know, that's yes. one of those careers that you would pick out, Derek Jeter. Now, I will not throw that phrase around lightly, perfect Yankee. Well, with Aaron Judge, man, he's a perfect yeah. Yankee. He's a perfect he Yankee. I cannot, I mean, certainly, I can see him in another uniform. I don't like it, and I don't yeah. think baseball likes it. So I think the Yankees are going to do everything they can to sign him back. And that, that is that is the absolute truth. And I think uh, Cashman and um, Stan Breiner, uh, our family as well, has made it very clear that they're going to do their best to have him back in pinstripes. Yeah, I feel that at this point, it's what you said. This is a business. It's not even a baseball decision anymore. It's a business decision. Um, the, the Yankees, uh, obviously, like a lot of other teams, they have their own network. They have the Yes Network. The ratings, I believe, are at an all-time high this year because of Aaron Judge, because of the chase that he had uh, going this year, trying to um, chase uh, Roger Maris's uh, uh, AL uh, home run record. Um, the stadium was f- packed. They yeah. have a freaking section called the Judges Chambers. The Yankees have never done that with a player where they gave him, where they gave the player their own section. He has a section called the Judges Chamber. I don't know if you've seen it, Carlos. It's super dope. So it looks cool, like man. it literally looks like a courtroom. The uh, fans go in. They have judges' robes. They have gavels. It is, it is, it is amazing. And the Yankees don't really do that. The Yankees are very traditional when it comes to things like that. So for them to do something like that. They really know the value that Aaron Judge holds. And the the fact is that you're going to see a lot of number 99 jerseys all over the place. Not just here in New York. You're going to see it Everywhere. all over the country, all over the world. Again, you look at Aaron Judge. The man is larger than life. He's 6'7". Good-looking yep. dude. So, so, so well-spoken. Just And and you, it's funny. You were comparing him to, to Derek Jeter. You know how I, he reminds me a lot of Derek Jeter? He reminds me a lot of Derek Jeter in the sense when you have when you see him get interviewed, he always listens to the question. He doesn't react. He listens. He pauses. Then he speaks. It's one of these things where I'm like, man, this guy went to the Derek Jeter school of media because that's the one <laughs> yeah. thing, Carlos. And you, I know you've played in a lot of places, and you know you've played you you've 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 played against the Yankees. You've uh, you've you've played in Boston. You played all over this. You know how media is, especially here in New York. The media can be crazy. It can mm. be tough. So to have Aaron Judge there taking all these questions, being part of this ball club, handling all that, but doing it with the class, I think that's priceless. And I agree. Uh, he he has to be back in pinstripes. There is no other. There is no other play here. And I think MLB would benefit from it. Um, the sport of baseball, not even major league baseball, the sport of baseball yeah, would sport. benefit yeah. having a guy like Aaron Judge be its face. Because let's be real, baseball right now is at a crossroads when it comes to popularity as a sport in this country. And I wouldn't want any other ambassador carrying the name and the face of baseball uh, uh, other than uh, Aaron Judge. And he knows it, and the Yankees know it, and I think all the other players know it, and they see it as well. But you know, just to end this conversation, a huge, huge congratulations to you, Aaron Judge, you deserve it. Indeed. You've put in the work, and uh, we are all super happy and super proud of you. As a Yankee fan, as a baseball fan, and as just a regular guy, man, congratulations. You deserve yeah, it. Seriously, man. I, absolutely. You know, hats off. And, 
looking at the, one of the best seasons has ever been that we've ever witnessed, really, in the history of the Definitely. game. Definitely, pretty much at the top, leading yeah. the league in most offensive categories. They, he said. should have two MVPs, you know, because they uh, his rookie year, he won rookie of the year, and he went up against Altuve. Altuve beat him, and I'll be honest with you, Carlos, Altuve shouldn't have won that year because he had uh, Judge had him at war for every category. In every war, and they gave it to Altuve. And obviously, 2017 was a very controversial year for the Astros because of things that were uncovered. You know what I mean? So that even yeah. makes it more where what you were talking about negotiation table. Yes. If Aaron Judge were to go to the Yankees and be, like, hey, listen, I got two MVPs. I got the one that I just got, and I got the one from 2017. And not to mention a plethora of other little awards that I've gone along the way. That could have actually helped them at the negotiation table in a lot of ways, even through arbitration and everything. So, you know, the man deserves everything he's getting. And I do predict that it's going to be a big deal. It's going to happen for him. Oh, uh, again, yeah. I, would say, um, I, would say. I am I am on the I am on the team of him being bad, okay. just like I'll you here this. in the Bronx. I'll tell you this. And, and this is the way we end it. This conversation because we'll go around all, all, all day talking about it. He becomes the highest paid Yankee right now. Yeah. So do the oh. math. Do the math because Garrett Cole is in there. He eclipses Garrett Cole. Let's stop right there and let's go to uh, the next segment. What you got? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So, uh, you know, just to keep the team, just to keep the team going with Aaron Judge, we got a question from Ben in Teaneck, New Jersey. He asked, Carlos, what, adjustment, what adjustments did Aaron Judge make on his approach this season compared to what he did in the past? Yeah, this is a great question, you know, and we have been looking at it very closely. And you know how I am, um, Rod. I'm, I'm analyzing everything, not only yeah. uh, through the lens of my own experience, experiential, um, you know, being out there playing and experiencing what it's like to be in a batter's box uh, and go, having gone through my own struggles also gives me that type of perspective. But I, I also study a lot and I go into it scientifically and statistically looking at what Aaron Judge was able to do. And let me tell you, he has made incredible adjustments. Um, mm -hmm. there's, some, uh, there, there's some of them that are very well documented. You've seen his swing coach, uh, an Instagram everywhere, which is yeah. um, kind of unorthodox because they're teaching you to do this, uh, you know, when you swing and you see that the dipping of the shoulder and you're like, wait a second, we're teaching kids how to dip, the, you know, to dip their <laughs> shoulder. Like I thought you needed to stay level with the pitch. Remember on our last episode, we talked about how principles are few and methods are many. Let's just say that this is one of those methods that has worked with Aaron Judge. Now, let me tell you why. So there's a couple of things. We say timing is one of those principles. His timing has been better. He's gotten started earlier than in years past. So, so that alone yes. gives him more time to hit. Hitters, when we have more time to hit, we immediately improve, period. Now, the swing change or the swing adjustments that he's been working on have helped him be in line with the way the league usually pitches, which is that middle away fastball, occasional hanging sliders, you know, yeah. and, and that in-between speeds. So the swing plus the timing adjustment, now we see Aaron Judge exploding into one of the best offensive seasons ever in the ever. history of the yeah. sport. He himself said this. He said that, hey, I did not hit, he's being humble, I did not hit 62 home runs. The pitchers threw 62 home runs. 
Um, and, and that is, that is, you know, very key there. He's alluding to the fact that the pitchers made mistakes. Um, there's a lot more to that, um, that he could possibly imagine, but he's right. But the one thing we have to do is give credit to the fact that he positioned himself to be able to be in the middle of traffic at the right place at the right time time. to be able to hit those home runs and pitchers. Yes. They came into his trap. So does that answer the question? I think it does. I think I think Ben from from Teaneck, New Jersey would agree that that I think he's satisfied. And, you know, just to jump on that, what you were talking about. And obviously, I've, I, I saw, I've seen a majority of Aaron Judge's games this year. And one of the amazing things that I saw from him, um, and critique me uh, if I'm wrong, is he did not deviate from his plan. Speaking on the approach, he would go in to the batter's box. He knew his zone. He knew his wheelhouse. And he stuck to it. I think that's a major reason why the man cut down on his strikeouts a lot. That's why his average went up a lot. He he, pretty much with his stance and his approach told the pitchers, "This is what this is where I'm at. This is where I'm. This is where I'm going to swing at. Throw it here if you want, but I'm not going to chase. I am not going to chase." And he didn't do that, and it's amazing. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I think this year that he had is one of these things that it's it's a rarity in baseball to see. It's a it's a it's a hitter that knew what he wanted to do, and he did it. He no. did it. Now, this is a caveat because when you saw the success that he had during the regular season, so listen to this very carefully. We're talking about a huge sample size. So the regular season allows you to play percentages. So you go out there 162 games. You have over 500 plate appearances, okay? And you stay within that approach that we're talking about, that cadence, that swing plane, that timing mechanism. And you know that over the course of the entire season, there are going to be a lot of pitchers that are going to throw their pitches within the parameters that Aaron Judge has set. Mm-hmm. What happened in the postseason when they face a superior pitching staff that has an idea on how to not fall into Aaron Judge's trap, then they were able to kind of neutralize him in a sense and Aaron was not able to produce the way he wanted to in the postseason. That is not arbitrary. Um, he was attacked differently, and Aaron was not able to adjust quick enough to hit the Houston Astros staff. So keep that in mind because this is a great theme because we're talking about baseball here, but in business, yeah. in life, you know, yeah, there are certain principles like discipline, like hard work, um, yes. like being efficient. Um, that are always going to work, but the methods that we utilize need to change depending in the circumstance that we're in. Um, And and as hitters, that is very, very important. In other words, if I'm facing Verlander, I have to approach Verlander differently than I would approach maybe an average rookie that just came up from the minor leagues. You know, very important to take the fight to the pitcher instead of waiting for him to come to you and maybe fall in your trap. So this is very key. It's kind of advanced, but at the same time, we see it happen over and over again. This is how the Houston Astros were able to neutralize um, 
judge in a sense is because you cannot wait these guys out. They're not going to fall into your trap. They know your trap and they pitched them differently. And judge was not able to take the fight to them um, as, as he would have liked. Um, So I know that that's one of those things that he's working on right now in the offseason because the guy does not stop working. Um, And uh, that's, that's why what makes him so valuable and, and so special. Now, Carlos, you were talking about being efficient. You were talking about um, how important that is and to have that approach. And that sounds like something that has to do with our quote of the day. Is that is that correct, Carlos? That, that is correct. You know, we were looking at uh, Occam, which talks about, you know, we throw Occam's razor, right? And it's William of Occam. Um, and his quote, this is the quote. It says, it is in vain to do with more what can be done with less. It is in vain to do with more what can be done with less. So when we talk about being efficient and being effective, um, these are not, um, you know, these are not the same thing, okay? You can be effective and get the job done and be so inefficient that it took you all day, that it took all your resources, that you give, you know, all your best efforts and beyond, and you got the job done but you wasted a lot of time. You wasted a lot of your resources. You went 10 different routes until finally you found the right one, which sometimes we have to go through that trial and error as part of life. However, ideally, what you want to be is efficiently effective or effectively efficient. You want (laughs) to be both at the same time. That's the ideal thing to do in life, in baseball, in business. Yeah. That's what you want to aim for. And it goes down to this 80-20 rule um, that we're, we're, we're thinking that 80%, 80% of our productivity, every, 80% of our success happens because of 20% of what we do. Think about that for a second. Yeah. So that means that we spin our wheels 80% of the time and then 20% of our, of our efforts is, is precisely what makes our production, you know, we, what we produce. So yeah. if that is true, that means that we have to be very intentional of making sure that we take a look at what is working, what is the correct way to do things. So that way we're more, if, if, uh, yeah, we're going to be efficient, efficient and effective at the same time. Uh, that is, that is a, a beautiful aim to be yes. uh, effectively efficient and efficiently effective. Effective. Yes, that sounds sir. like a T-shirt. We should, we need to put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Let, let, Available let, 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 on black on the Placata store soon. Available yes. on the Placata store. I can see us with a with a fitted that said that as T-shirt. I think we got something there, Carlos. Copyright yes, that. We do. So why don't we take that? And that's precisely what we do. Let's take that into the week. Let's take that into the week. How can I? Yes. Let's 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 keep our eye out to look at those things that really really are productive and really really matter basically eliminating the unnecessary so that the necessary comes to light. And we yeah. focus on that essential, those essential things instead of wasting our times with, with things that really have no value whatsoever. And, and you know what? That's so true. And you can adapt that to so many aspects in your life. You may not think like, it's kind of like when you're home, I fall into this trap all the time. I'll be honest with you. I am, I'm not perfect at this at all. Oh, this yes, podcast is teaching me, a lot more than the listeners even think. I'm learning as you listen and as you watch, I'm learning myself. There's times where I'm home 
and I'm on my phone, I'm on YouTube going through shorts, and uh, I fall into what I call a YouTube rabbit hole, and I just watch a ton of videos. <laughs> y'all know, do not judge me because y'all do the same thing, okay? So it's like I fall through that. But then what you're saying, it's poignant, and it and it resonates with me because what you're telling me is, Rodney, po- position yourself to win. Put yourself in a position yeah. to be better. 1% better is better than no percent. You know what I mean? And that's what this is about. Whether it's whether you're on the baseball field, whether you're in the meeting at work, whether you're at home with your family, you know what I mean? These are little things to put yourself in a position to be a better you later on. And you that's know, what this is all about. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it applies to everything. You know, I had a, a young man come to me last week. I was in Northeastern University and there were some uh, uh, high school students um, that were visiting and they were about to apply. And, and one of them came up to me, was a baseball player and says, look, look, you know, my grades are good. I'm having, I'm in trouble writing my essay because I want, I want to see if I can get into this university. And it's a very difficult university to get into. And we talked a little bit. It's like, okay, so how are you going to, okay, you want to write a better essay uh, for your application, but how do you become a better writer? Let's talk about that because this is what you want. But now let's, 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 let's put, let's put action behind that wish, you know, let's put a little yeah. hustle behind the dream right yeah. so he, he said okay so tell me how do you do it it's like okay how are you are you reading and he's like ah, i'm not much of a reader i'm like how can you be a good writer if you don't learn from other writers and the only way to learn from writers is to read their stuff so like, yes. i'm not a good reader i'm not a good reader i'm like let's do this instead of saying that why don't you start reading you know a page a day it's like oh, a page yeah. a day that doesn't do anything man a page a day just start reading one page a day. Can you do that? It'll take you three minutes. Like that's nothing. And I said, yes, it is. And I gave him this example. I said, if you're able to improve 1% per day, then in 70 days, you would be twice as good as you are today. Have you thought about wow. that for a second? I mean, wow. I mean, think about it. So incremental gains, compound interest. These are great great uh, uh principles and ideas uh to apply to your wow. own life and this quote it is vain to do more with uh, more what with what can be done with less is wow. outstanding and and um that was being my effective. advice to me. it's being effective being efficiently effective, effective efficiently efficient. efficient oh man that's not <laughs> that is a shirt that is a t-shirt waiting to happen like, i could just see a bunch of people at the gym right now uh, uh, and they just go this on their chest. Oh my God, yes. man. I can well, see guys, it. There you have it. Let's take that into the day. Let's be effectively efficient as we go through this week. Thank Facts. you so much for joining us. 100. Uh, and Plaque at the Nation uh, podcast. And we can't wait to have you for our next ep- episode next week. All right? So take care. Peace let's out. go. Plaque at the all week. Congrats, Aaron Judge. You got this, bro. Woo! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.